Have you ever stopped to consider how different the teacher grading system is compared to the student grading system? What I mean by that is, as educators, every single year we receive a grade from our principal. It's called the teacher evaluation system. And one to four times per year, the principal comes into our classroom and grades our productivity and our progress and our effectiveness. But they don't give us a percentage. When we sit down in their office, they give us a four, three, two, or one. That grading system is usually very different than what we use as teachers with our students. Because when our students get their report card, also known as their evaluation paperwork, it usually doesn't have a 4, 3, 2, or 1 on it. It has somewhere between a 100% and a 0%, and we represent these by various letters. But I'm here to tell you that the current grading system in schools are setting kids up for failure, literally, and we as teachers have to do something to change the system. There is no reason in the year 2023 that there should be substantially more ways for kids to fail than for kids to succeed. I know that this is probably not one of these highly motivational episodes that you get from me a lot of the time, but the grading system is something that I continue to be passionate about and I think that we have to tackle the system. The number one argument that I often hear from teachers is, yes, but my school won't get away from letter grades. My school won't get away from A, B, C, D, F. So Monica, my hands are tied. What am I supposed to do? Well, in this episode, what I want to do is kind of debunk some of the grading myths and talk about how we can be more proactive in creating a fair and effective system that represents our students' success or, quite frankly, lack thereof it. This is not an episode that you're going to want to miss. It's not an episode that's going to be easy to hear either. But I think if we can all get on board, or even some of us get on board, to tackle this, it is going to create a much stronger education system and a way better indicator of how our kids are actually performing in classrooms. Let's get into this episode. There is awesome in every single school day. the big question. How can teachers like us who love our job, love our students, and love being a part of education celebrate awesome even more in our classrooms and learning communities? Where can we find teaching tips and tricks? Where can we find engaging stories and motivational strategies? That is the question, and this weekly podcast is your answer. So welcome to all my teacher friends. My name is Monica Genta, and I am so excited that you are here listening to this podcast, This Teacher Life.
When I was a kid, if I had a 91% on my report card, I was freaking out. Because a 91% was an A-. And instead of celebrating the fact that I was quite frankly crushing it, maybe in my English class, I was so concerned about that minus sign. Because I saw that minus sign as I'm not good enough. But then I had other kids in my classroom who were looking at their report cards and saying, I got a 61%, that's a D, that's good enough for me. And as I became a teacher, I am seeing the same thing with my own students. I am seeing some kids who are very much like how I was a student. And I'm also got some students who are like, hey, as long as I've got a 59.7%, I'm eligible for basketball. So I'm Gucci, as they say, as the kids say, which is code for like, whatever, don't really care. Now, I think this is really interesting because here we are as education is evolving, but the education grading system hasn't evolved much. Today, it seems like most schools around the nation are still on an A, B, C, D, F on a 100 point scale. That's traditional grading. We do have some schools who have moved to more of a standards-based grading approach-ish. Where, yes, there is that 4-3-2-1 scale, but parents maybe don't really understand it. Maybe students don't really understand it. And maybe schools aren't even really using it appropriately. So what I want to do is just put some math behind this. I want us to truly dive into this education system as we know it and ask like why is this so controversial why is this so hard for us to wrap our head around most importantly why are there substantially more ways for kids to fail let's look at the 11 shades of an a as i like to call it this is in no way supposed to sound like the controversial but oh so popular 50 shades of gray but There are 11 shades of an A. In a traditional classroom, you can get a 100% or a 99, 98, 97, 96, 95, 94, 93, 92, 91, and a 90. And that's it. There are 11 ways to get an A as a student. And you might be thinking, that's pretty dang good. If that's pretty dang good, then why are there so many more shades of an F? Now, bear with me on this. This is about to sound annoying, but I'm going to do it for a dramatic effect. Here are the number of ways that you can get an F in a classroom on a traditional schedule. 59, 58, 57, 56, 55, 53, 52, 51, 50, 49, 48, 47, 46, 45, 44, 43, 42, 41, 40, 39, 38, 37, 36, 35, 34, 33, 32, 31, 30. 29, 28, 27, 26, 25, 24, 23, 22, 21, 20, 19, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and 0 are all the different numbers where you can get an F in a classroom on a traditional grading schedule. Why does that make sense? The answer is simple. It doesn't. That does not make sense at all. 
a kid can get a B at an 89, 88, 87, 86, 85, 84, 83, 82, 81, 80. That's a B. Cool. But there is no possible way that this makes sense if we really take a step back. If you are annoyed by the fact that I just counted that many numbers and those all represent an F, we should be that annoyed that that is what we are also doing to students. Because if a student gets a 12% on an assignment, do you know how hard that is for them to recover? One massive mistake that they made, and I, I, I'm on team teacher here, Kids make mistakes and they give up and they don't try and they don't turn things in. I get that. But if one mistake and they earn a 12% is going to cause them to never get back to the potential of an A or a B or shit, even a C, because of one mistake, the mistake isn't on the kid, it's on the system. So what do we do about this? In all seriousness, how do we take this outdated grade scale and do something better? Because at the end of the day, if a grade doesn't truly reflect what a student knows or doesn't know, then what is the whole point in the first place? Because if we do the role reversal of the analogy of we get a grade as a teacher, we get a four, three, two, or one. And I've looked this up in lots of different states. Many, many different states use this. It's a four, three, two, one evaluation system. I don't walk into my principal's office for my reflective evaluation meeting, and the principal doesn't say, Monica, you got a 92% this year as a teacher. That's not how it works. My principal says, hey, Monica, you got a four or you got a three or you got a two or you got a one. And there are indicator, there are benchmark words that are associated with that. We got freaking rubrics out the wazoo to prove this. For example, Texas and Illinois and so many states across the nation use something like this. Hey, if you're a level four teacher, you are a distinguished, accomplished teacher. Congratulations, four is the best. If you get a three, that means you're proficient. Nice job. If you get a two, you're developing. If you get a one, improvement is needed. You can't even get a zero. A zero means you're not a teacher. But guess what? If we give a student a zero, it doesn't mean the same thing. You can't get a zero on your teacher evaluation. You can't do it. Because you'd be fired. It meant that you literally never even showed up for school. You weren't even hired. But we give kids zeros. How is that? And I know you're like, well, Monica, they didn't do anything. Okay, if they didn't do anything for that one assignment or that one day or shit for even that one week... What if we took that exact same evaluation system that we use with teachers and we use that for students? What if we took that exact same 4321 system and use that for every single thing that they that they do, that they assign, that we assign? What I mean by that is what if we said that student earned a 4 on that assignment? It means they understood all of it 
A four means they understand all of it. They are accomplished, just like the four in our teacher evaluation system. If they earn a three, it means that they know most of it. They're proficient in that area. If they got a two, it means they're developing the skills. They know some of what we just assigned. And if it's a one, it means that they need improvements. Well, Monica, what about the kid who turns in nothing? That's a zero. That works for that system. I don't think so. I think that we can leave something blank. I think we can put in something called an unexcused temporarily. I get that sometimes we put in a zero as a communication tool. And I'm not, I'm not against that. But if we leave something as a zero, are we really holding the kid accountable? Because so many of our kids don't freaking care about grades anyway. And so I think that becomes a behavior, not an academic thing. If we truly want to revolutionize and reinvent the education system, I do think that we have to do a better job of separating behaviors from academic benchmarks. Behaviors and academic benchmarks are not the same thing, yet we combine them. How do I know that? Well, I don't get an accomplished as a teacher simply for having sharpened pencils in my classroom. I don't get an accomplished as a teacher because I smile at the principal. I don't get an accomplished, a level four, just for showing up to my classroom each day. I don't want to sound harsh, but we still live in a world where kids get points, academic points, for having a pencil. Kids get academic points points for smiling and having a nice attitude that's not me during being dramatic that's just that's just me being honest I'm not saying that all teachers do that for sure not I genuinely believe that most teachers understand and appreciate and are on the same page with what I'm saying but I think as awesome individual teachers we get stuck because can I be honest with you my school district does not do standards-based grading. We do not have a 4-3-2-1 scale for students. I don't even think we're really having conversations about that. So do great teachers believe me? You might be hearing this and believing me and be like, yes, preach. Oh my gosh, Monica. And then say, but I don't know what to do. I hear you. I appreciate you. But I think that what we can do is take that 4-3-2-1 and apply it to assignments. It is what I do in a hybrid kind of way, even though my school still does A through F 100% to 0%. My assignments are very low point based because I do them on the 4, 3, 2, 1. If a student earns a 4, I put that in as a 4. It means you got everything correct or almost freaking everything correct. The three means you got most. You got a majority of things correct on that assignment. The two is you got some correct on that assignment. And the one is you got very little correct. And this can work as long as you are consistent with it. 
even though there isn't standards-based grading maybe in your school, as long as we are consistent with our grading practice and then we don't assign a test that's randomly worth 100 points, everything else in the class has been 4, 3, 2, 1, and then the test is worth 100 points or a big project is worth 50 points, as long as we are consistent in the 4, 3, 2, 1 at the end of the quarter, at the end of the trimester, at the end of the semester, that grade is going to indicate how much they know about your subject area. Why? Because it was rubric based on that 4321. It was consistent and it's also a great communication tool. Does it provide a clear indicator of whether they know or don't know my subject area? Yes. Does it also require some extra communication to families and kids because it is different than what they're used to? Also, yes. And I want to dive into a little bit more about that in the second part of this episode. I am passionate about this because I'm also passionate about student motivation and student engagement. We know that kids are going to be more successful, listen more, and get better grades regardless of what system your school is using. We know that all of that is going to happen when our kids actually enjoy the activities, the lessons, the projects, and even the assessments that we are doing in our classroom. If we want to have better grades, then we have to be game changers for kids. And that's not me just trying to be cliche and quirky as a teacher. That is me saying we are game changers for kids every single day because of the awesome lessons and attitudes that we are bringing into our schools. I want to give a last call to all teachers who are wanting this quarter, this semester, or 2023 to be a game changer for you personally and professionally. And that's why... Starting in February, I am doing a course called Game Changers, where we are going to dive into tons of ideas, tons of strategies, and tons of solutions to get kids motivated, engaged, and enjoying the work that we are doing in our classrooms. This Game Changers course is a fun, affordable, flexible, virtual course where you can earn up to 15 hours worth of PD credit hours. There's going to be awesome video-based lessons. There is going to be so many great engaging discussions. There are going to be Facebook Lives where you can get your questions answered immediately. And we are going to be learning in a fun, flexible group all online. This is the last call before registration closes. And you can go to monicagenta.com slash courses to get signed up. That's monicagenta.com forward slash courses. I want this quarter, this year, this semester to be a game changer for you and your students. And I want to invite you to get signed up for the Game Changers course. Check out monicagenta.com slash courses. And there's a direct link in the show notes. You deserve to have an awesome school year with your students. And I think that we are going to dive into that so hard in this upcoming course. Check it out. I want to tell you about a real life conversation that I had with a student not too long ago. The kid walked into my math class and they were very excited because they had just gotten their tests back from another class. 
And a kid came in, they're like, Machete, guess what? Guess what? I'm like, what? They said I got an A plus on my test. And I'm like, oh my gosh, congratulations. That's awesome. I looked at them and I said, tell me what an A plus means. And they looked at me confused and they said, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, tell me what you learned on that test. If you got an A plus, it means you learned something. So what'd you learn? And the kid looked at me and he said, oh, I have no idea what I learned. I just memorized the study guide. That is where my teacher heart sunk a little bit. Because the kid was excited. And I wanted to celebrate with him. And I did celebrate. And I told them congratulations. But I think that conversation is a clear indicator of how skewed our system is. I said, what did you learn? What do you know now? What does that A plus mean? And they're like, I have no idea. I literally just memorized a study guide for the test. Now, if I'm being honest with you, I'm, I'm not blaming the teacher. I'm not blaming the student. Have I ever given a kid a study guide? Yes, it's not exactly what's on the test. But as a student, have I ever memorized a social studies or a science study guide and then got an A plus and not really know what that meant? Yeah, so I'm not mad at anybody here. But I think we simply have to reform what grades and learning actually means. Because an A plus does not indicate academic excellence if the kid cannot even know what they learned in that moment, let alone if we were to give them the exact same test a week from now, would they get the exact same results? This brings me on to another topic on this success versus failure, this A versus this F, this 100% versus 0% is this. And this is super controversial and I get why, but I want to know what your thoughts are on this. My thoughts as a teacher is if you can Google it, we shouldn't be grading it. Yeah, let that sink in for a second. In the year 2023, we are living in a digital world where kids have access to information at their fingertips. We got Siri. We got Google we got Alexa. We can literally ask all of these platforms questions and it spits out an answer in 0.2 seconds. If things can be Googled, we should be asking ourselves, should it be graded? If we are just grading memorized things, are we setting our students up for success? I think we have to get way more obsessed with the learning process rather than our students producing products of things that they just memorized. If we can give our kid a study guide for the test, what does it say about the curriculum in the first place? So as a current math teacher, again, wasn't planning on being a math teacher this year, but that's just how things have gone. As a math teacher, I understand that a calculator is a really powerful tool. I also understand that there are apps where kids can take out their phone when they get home and they can take a picture of a math problem that I have assigned and it can spit out an answer. I'm not mad at the kids for using this. I'm not mad at a calculator. I'm not mad at the software engineer. But if I am not training my students how to think mathematically, how to problem solve effectively, 
then I don't think I'm actually doing a good job as a math teacher. In my SEL classes, I'm not giving them vocab quizzes on words like compassion. I'm not giving them things where it's like, hey, tell me what this word means or tell me about this. I am saying, explain to me in your own words what compassion means. I think that we have to ask our kids to solve more than do more. I think we have to ask our kids to experiment more than to just regurgitate more. Because I think that goes hand in hand with these so many ways to fail. At the end of every single quarter, and maybe the end of the quarter or at least midterm is coming up for you right now. When you print out a grade sheet or a parent logs into the online grading system portal or you are finalizing report cards, I want you to go through your deck of printouts or through your gradebook management system. Look at that student and look at that grade. And does that grade, whether it's a percentage, a 4321, a letter grade, does that indicate their actual knowledge, not their effort, not their attitude, their actual knowledge of your subject area. If you say, I don't know, that's okay. How can you make it better next quarter? How can you have a difficult conversation with your principal or the school board or a parent about how you're going to tweak it to make it a little bit better? We can't revolutionize a corrupt education system overnight. And I say that with a lot of love in my heart because I love the education system. I believe in the education system. But I think that if we want to truly help the system, then we have to systematically start doing different things in our classroom to prove success versus failure. There should not be 50 shades of an F. There should not be 59 shades of an F. There should be an equal opportunity for kids to be outstanding as there are for kids to need improvements. Because that's what we are currently getting in our teacher evaluation system. So how is that fair? Oh, I'm like sweating over here and I don't even have this space heater on. I'm sweating because I know that this is hard. And I know that there might have been things that I said in this that that require more conversation. I try to keep these episodes short and sweet. So are you getting the entire picture of my belief system here? The entire picture of the education system here? No, you're not. You're getting snippets of it. So if you disagree with me, reach out. Let's have a really positive conversation about this together. If you agree with me, great. Let's have a continued conversation about this. If you have questions about this, reach out to me. I would love to continue this conversation because it's not an easy one to have. There's so many layers. There's so many what ifs. There's so many buts to this. But I also understand when we signed up to live this teacher life, we signed up for these hard conversations. So, friends, how do we make the education system a little bit better? How do we make this better? By setting our students up for success. Because there are small but substantial things that we can do to help us indicate their success every single day. Don't forget about that last call for the Game Changers course. You can go to monicagenta.com courses. 
If you haven't already subscribed for this podcast, please know that in 2023, I am going to be packing episodes like this. I'm going to be unpacking teacher ideas, teacher games, social and emotional learning strategies. It's all unfolding on this Teacher Life podcast. So until the next episode, I want to thank you for listening and I want to thank you for living this teacher life.